Welcome again to Big Screen Auckland. I'm Nige. I'm Corey. And this is a podcast where we ramble about movies and shit and what's on on the big screens around Auckland. But this is a special rapid fire episode because Film Fest in Auckland at the moment. We're in full swing here. We're in full swing of the Auckland Film Fest, absolutely. Usually we have nice acoustics in my dining room. There's great editing, courtesy of me. Planned out notes, we ramble heaps, we slur over our beers, um, and then we finish up on a what's on section. Not at the moment because these are rapid fire. We're recording in a car. There's no time to think about shit. It's going to be full of ums and ahs. We're sober, and there's no what's on segment because the only thing other than Harry Potter, on movies at the moment, is the Film Fest. And uh, we're just going to talk about spoilers for a second. We're pretty easy flowing when it comes to giving our opinions and the information about the films, and we'll happily reveal and ruin important plot things, so if you really don't want to hear us. We're going to make somewhat of an effort, because it's the uh, Film Fest in town, but yeah, this is your warning. So what you're about to hear is a few rough segments um, just stuck together. So enjoy that, and look for another one in another few days, because we're going to try and keep these flowing. They certainly will be. Hey, we just got back from Cold Fish. It was the one we were going to because Nigel saw Love Exposure and liked it, and we heard it was Japanese and crazy and I don't know. Correction. I saw Love Exposure and loved it. Why? What did I say? Liked. When... My bad, my bad. <laughs> no, true, that is a world of distinction. <laughs> However, I also saw Suicide Club years ago, back when Incredibly Strange was down Chinatown, and played it to us, and didn't like that at all. That was his first, or one of his first. I've just been reading the Wikipedia article on him, actually. Oh, right. He's all avant-garde poet and stuff in his spare time. Freaky. Where we got his break. Sono Sion or something. Why don't you start with thoughts on this one? This is your first of the Sono. It is, it is. This is my first of his. I enjoyed it. And it was a gory, in parts, story of um, a couple of fish shop owners and their families and connections. That was a terrible way to put it. But um, no, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the parts that were Japanese, the bowing at the start there and asking forgiveness for the daughter and stuff like that. That was such a cool little scene. Um, but it was the two lead characters, right? They made it. Mm. Cr- crazy, wacky man and play it straight man. The clash of those two, all the scenes they were in. The manic, big fish shop owner who's a serial killer, I suppose. Spoiler. I fucking loved it. That's a step up from quite enjoyed at the start. You're actually changing your your plea rather than quite enjoyed it. You're going for I fucking loved it. Yeah, I'm locking down I fucking loved it. um, (laughs) Because it it was really good. I thought it was real neat how it took place in a whole different world. Like none of that world we we knew. Like his little dingy uh, house off the fish shop. Like not fish shop as in selling meat. Like tropical fish. Like a little aquarium shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then changed to the other guy's fucking flashy ass fish shop with the Hawaiian music playing. Everything's glowing green. The the, um, assortment of video stories girls in short skirts you know those video stores that only hire pretty girls yeah they all had like this little military uniform and they lived in a fucking dorm upstairs at work and they were all like wayward daughters I thought that was going to be the bulk of it when she went to live with them I was like oh here we go here's Mm. a film about all these girls nah (laughs) <laughs> He's got way better stuff than that But even the flashy guy's house All decorated in, you know, Catholic stuff Candles everywhere And um, statues of Mary and Huddy Kitty Mountain <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it was a very, very unique world And Sono brought a lot to it, I thought It was just so alien and so exciting Because you didn't know It made it a lot harder to tell what was going to happen, I thought Because you're just like, I don't know these people And I don't know this world I was getting sucked along with Play It Straight Man As he was being pulled into that world as well yeah, like, that's the thing. You meet this guy who's wacky and he's driving a Ferrari, and he's not like any Japanese character you've ever seen on screen before. Mm. He was really pushy and aggressive and and 
Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved <laughs> but it. yeah, it's about a, a like a nebbish fish store seller guy and his family being drawn into uh, a fucking flashy, fancy, glitzy, power monger fish store guy's fucked up life, and things get bloody after that. But it's it's a very strange story and a, and a very good one. Yeah, and in terms of the um, exploitation parts of the film, the blood part wasn't doing it for me. It wasn't not doing it, but um, and I wanted to ask you about how that went down with you, Mister Squirms at blood fake or not? I know it was really good, um, and there was some squeamish bits, but I, I related it more to like the dream home kind of thing where it was um, some stuff is prolonged and that stuff was good and the stuff that was a bit much like cutting necks and stuff yeah. didn't focus on those so it wasn't a slog for me and I, I love good gore Yeah. in the other episode when I didn't like blue it's because it was draining blood oh yeah that's right that's right like I loathe thirst I don't know if you saw that I haven't seen the good bits yet I'm actually paused halfway l- through it was the wrong stuff that little part of gore that I hate it was that prolonged and repeated yeah <laughs> so yeah but it was like, yeah, the gore was done well on that but it wasn't the gore that was getting me excited. It was Flashy Fishman's relationships mm. with like a buyer or like a business partner at the start. Then he pulls in Square-Faced Fishman. Then he's got Yakuza on his tail. He's got his wife, who's fucking a character in herself. And he's got cops around the corner. And his, yeah, like you said, his dad's shack up on that mountain with the candles and the flowers. Oh, it was so good. It was so styly and Incredible performance too from that guy. He really threw himself into that. His big bellowy laugh and stuff. Very, very cool. Nice segue into fucking Bellowy Laughs. <laughs> now, I think when I saw this film, I'm trying to get my mind in the right space to, you know, enjoy it. And so I didn't laugh once. There were bits that made me smile. I didn't laugh out loud once. There was Ruby Wax. Can we, can we stick with that? There was a brash American woman <laughs> who was laughing. Nice thing to do on a festival podcast is, like, start taking away the festival audience. Who listens to this? Who do you think listens to this? Yeah, here's the thing. Now, normally I am the bitter old bastard that hates people laughing in audiences, and I avoid comedies for that. But it was so bad. Back me up, bro. It was terrible. Yeah, I'm actually with you. <laughs> it was terrible. She was laughing. It's really off-putting. Like, when your laugh is, ha, ha, ha. Be an adult about this, please. There's other people. Like, it's like... It's it was a f- the talking that got me. The, oh, no, look what's uh, about to happen. Uh-oh. Yeah, <laughs> it was It was incredible. It was incredible. It was fucking hard to it's get It's as through. if they were nervous. Like, it come to this film, like, the wrong sort of crowd for this film had come to it and were just like, oh, what are we seeing here? I see what we've done. We've stumbled into one of these gory, <laughs> one of these gory, like, uh, you know, we can talk over this. We've stumbled into uh, a weird sort of fun world where they're not taking this film seriously. So, fuck off. I'm paying a lot of attention to this film. You're ruining it for me. And the whole... There was pockets of it all over the place, and they riffed off each other. <laughs> man, oh man, I'm a bitter bastard about that sort of thing. About people forcing me to think this film's funny than it is. Like, ruining straight face scenes without loud laughter when it wasn't needed. Like, this this director, he should be furious. He's tried to set a tone for this. He knows when he wants people to laugh, and he knows when he wants people to ah, or whatever it is, and... and these fucks were walking all over him. <laughs> disrespect. Talking. It's disrespectful. Actually, that, that leads back into... Um, back into the film, which I we're wanted, meant to be doing? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to bring up uh, one of the points why I didn't love it. Okay. Because I didn't love it. No, There's my answer. Yeah. Because he pushed the, the level of the gore too hard. And I actually ended up feeling like Haneke, Michael Haneke, and like when he made funny games, people are enjoying the violence too much. There was a scene there where everyone was fucking guffawing and laughing way too fucking loud. 
because he was raping his wife and punched his daughter unconscious. Yeah, now that's the sort of thing. I think <laughs> rape. The director didn't want us to laugh at that scene. He wanted us to laugh when they were slipping a little bit in the gore. The next scene, when they're all slipping over and all the blood, and then she's like hugging the half a corpse and stuff, that was hilarious. Yeah. I, that needed to be laughed at quietly. Respectfully. <laughs> but you're right. No, there were certain but scenes that I were was, meant to be... I was angry already because the audience was having so much fun with the rape and the bashing the daughter. Yeah, totally taking the tone. Of the, the, this film meant was one of many changes in tones all held together by this wacky fucking front man yeah and the whole the, the arc of the other guy the, the straight face man is the best I've seen in a long time where he loses it on that bridge that was an incredible scene too yeah yeah and the pen just to throw it out there but yeah, fucking there was no tone it was America's Funniest Home Videos. People hurt themselves, laugh. Oh, look at this, laugh. Oh, look at this, laugh. Oh, my God. It's enough to make me... Uh, I, don't, I don't miss watching films on a nice screen in my room by myself. I've got to say, <laughs> I, gotta, I know you're all big screen is, is where it's at, but sometimes... It's um, funny that on big screen, Auckland. Yeah, I know, I know. When you start up your sister podcast, Small Screen... <laughs> small Screen Corey's Everywhere. Room. <laughs> And one other point I wanted to make is that this one really didn't have any likable characters. Not one of the characters you could root for. They were all fucked up. Which doesn't necessarily ruin a film, but it makes it hard to put on uh, on your favourites list. Um, and there was even a scene where, thinking back, maybe shouldn't have been in there, when the daughter was kicking the shit out of the stepmom. To me, it was like just to make sure you don't like the daughter either. So whatever anyone's got coming, They've it got was it deserved. Coming. Yeah, everyone it was, was pretty it was a fake world. Every, yeah, none, none of these people exist. But they it was all over the top. based on a true story. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> what I, a fantastic fucking opening, by the way. Make sure if you're gonna go and see this because it's playing again. Make stop. sure yeah. <laughs> that you're not late because the first sixty seconds to that drum when she does the grocery shopping and then cooks multiple microwave dinners all at Rapid once fire. and start yeah all. Of that fantastic scene. Yeah. It takes like 20 minutes before Cold Fish comes up as a title. <laughs> it does, it does. <laughs> what about the digital clock coming up for a minute oh, there? It's sent to Not screen. coming up yet, taking over. <laughs> no, that worked. That was a really good uh, That was a really good trick to get me to pay attention. <laughs> and they would laugh at that. Fuckers, fuckers. The audience nearly ruined it. Don't let it ruin it. Go and see it. This was awesome. It was pretty good. But see, love exposure Next as time. well. Yeah. Now we're off to go and see The Man From Nowhere and we'll tell you about that any second now. Oh, we just got back from the man from nowhere, and uh, special treat, y'all. We've got a third person in the car. I mean, oh. the audio booth. <laughs> Jake, welcome. Hey, how are you? And obviously, uh, Nigel and myself are here. Jake's from uh, our, our competitor podcast. Our nemesis. Nemesis. Best worst. Nemesis. For the win. <laughs> Best worst podcast, you might recognise me as some douche <laughs> with Doug. Which give a listen to if you want actual opinions instead of um, ranting, raving, hollering and beer drinking from uh, from Nigel and myself. We drink scotch, only the finest single malts. <laughs> You actually stole our thing and upped it. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and what's worse is the only thing, the only hook we've got on this show is is we drink and slur about movies. We're not even drinking today. <laughs> we got to offer nothing. Yeah. Here comes sober, sober V Dub, uh, BSA, BSA rapid fire, um, day two from five. Yeah, man from nowhere. All three of us saw that, and um, there was a, a bit of a, is it dearth? Is that the right word in in Asian films last year that I was very disappointed with? Was it dearth? If a lack wanted... of? There was a lack of Asian <laughs> yeah, films. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, let me just get my... Th- oh, I left my other pants. My thesaurus, that <laughs> yeah, is. A... In last year's festival, there was a definite lack of Asian cinema, which pissed me off because that's my fave. Dearth, bro. <laughs> yeah, dearth. <laughs> 
Uh, this year, there's heaps, and it's going to be awesome. We've still got Yellow Sea to see. We've still got I Saw the Devil, which I'm pretty Put, pumped about. Let the bullet fly. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, we already loved uh, 13 Assassins oh, yes. and Cold Fish, in, uh, in the, both in the Incredibly Strange section. Absolutely. This is another Asian film from the Incredibly Strange section. So we've got Ant to Thank or to uh, Lambaste. That's not a word either. Lambaste, yeah, it is. There you go. Just my pronunciation was shit house. We I'm, have I'm a bit st- of dearth of vocab on this. I'm going <laughs> to start with my opinions. Now yeah. I'm comparing this to other Korean gangster films I've seen, which were good, and this one came out not good. This was <laughs> this was paint by numbers filmmaking. This was subpar. This I've read your review as well, Jake, as well. So I know your opinions before I even. Yeah, I felt they could have done a lot better. Oh, the, really? That's the, an unfair advantage. Pretty much. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, like. I go to these films to see comparison between ultra-violent fight scenes shot just shot really well and choreographed nice um, versus whatever the real-world career is going on. And this one here I felt was a, a whole bunch of fluff I didn't care about followed by a dude whipping out a pistol. Okay, okay, why not? let's get benchmark us here, man. What, 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 what are you comparing it to? I mean, we know what you're going to say, but just for people out there. Uh, a bittersweet life. Old man. Old boy. Old boy. The fuck's old man? <laughs> is that like aftershave? No, Gary Oldman. He's, <laughs> Gary Oldman. He's comparing it to Gary Oldman. Oh, compare it to that wolf movie then. <laughs> or Fifth Element. That Korean film, Gary Oldman. <laughs> uh, no Mercy for the Rude. I, d- I didn't see Chaser and, and another one you mentioned, but I'm comparing it to those three predominantly. But yeah, but look at those. Look at the style they all brought and the uh, the, the difference they, they gave to the genre. Maybe that's because we've seen so many that we're looking for uh, what can this one give us that's different. What special and awesome I'm going to get good. out of it. Yeah. But like, you think of Bittersweet Life, that scene where they're trying to reload the guns after the phone call, and so that's a great set piece. Or even going outside Korea, like anything Johnny Toe's done or Kitano's gangster films and shit. Those guys all have a catch, have a hook. Yeah. This one's only thing was it was cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think that was his only thing. I think that was unfair. Like I, like once it got going and it took a while to get going. The the action was pretty fast and strong. The tension got thinged up and like your yeah, heart's got pumping. I think, but it was just so cheesy. Like it was wrapped in cheese. Right from the start, like the little girl's heartfelt speech that was written, like oh, like, like, like it was written for the Olsen twins to say on um, yeah, on yeah. Full House. It was S- soft focus <laughs> flashbacks, um, slow mo. That slow mo hug at the end with the girl's stiff arms. Slo- <laughs> slow mo hug, freeze frame, fade to black. It's like Michael Jackson hugged the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but in saying that, but in between that, there were some pretty pretty good bits. I thought. But I'm saying they could have um, like the reveal was oh okay so this there's always one guy that ends up fighting an entire gang. That's the gist of these Korean gangster films. Yeah. One guy who's got to get away because the boss hates him or he's got to do this because for some reason and he's got to protect his girlfriend or whatever the case, he's got to seek revenge and he takes down the entire gang. This time our hero, our protagonist, whatever you want to call him, turned out to be, spoiler, an elite, super trained operative that was faster than fast, unwatchable moves, super quick. Hang on, he needs a backstory. Okay. Can't believe he was the best of the best. He'd trained other people. But he all gave it up one day when his wife, who was pregnant with his um, about-to-be-newborn son, was killed in a horrific, and this was the good part of the film, um, truck smash. But it was just like, how many times have we seen that? From Commando, where it's like, oh, well, actually, not Commando, that's a bad example, but it's just fucking... It sounds very paintball numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I am going to rip apart the action. It was too close in. It was too rapid-fire shaky cam. These films, I think have got a specialty where they do pull the camera back and give you an entire hallway or they do give you an entire junkyard or whatever the case may be this was all zoomed in for everything the action was cut away as we were saying yesterday he took out a, an entire police station for his big escape 
and they chose to focus on the cops that are in hospital. They chose to show some wacky footage of the security, security cams. Yeah. Security cam. Everything was out off screen, <coughs> out of sight. All the good bits, all the ultra violence that I was going for. Yeah, I'm into a bit of the ultra violence. Wasn't on the screen. And then we get the big final scene. The Steven Seagal knife. The right? Steven. Well, before that, he rocks in and it's like, hey, it's just been set up. I've just put up with an hour and three quarters, and it's now set up. Good guys in the room. Uh, there's 20 bad guys around him. And the girl he's trying to save is on the other side of the room, and he's running out of time. Take him down. He pulls out a gun and shoots 19 of them. <laughs> okay, now nah, he did slash a couple of wrists. I did enjoy his uh, stabbing in the chest. <clears throat> that was kind of cool. But um, yeah, fucking let down. I'm a little bit let down, Ant Timpson. <laughs> Don't take it personally. And I want to clarify this statement by saying. Maybe if this is your first film fest and you rocked along to see a Korean gangster film, you could very well love it and don't compare it to the other ones we saw it to being film snobs. You might very well enjoy it. My opinion? Uh-uh. However, you, you are saying it's the worst new Asian film Ant has shown you in the last three days. It's the, it's your third out of those three. Oh, yeah. It's, it's in my top five Korean gangster films. <laughs> Easily. Easily top five Korean gangster films. It's just number five of the five I've seen. Yeah, I felt a bit sorry for it. I felt there was no spark to it. I, yeah, I wanted stunts like, say, Chow Yun-Fat jumping around in hospital shooting in a gunfight holding a baby. Or I wanted the the ridiculous cheese of like uh, exiled, or the the uber style of like sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Anything, just give me anything. And um, this one, I will say it was it was enjoyable. Mm. A bunch of mates going to the cinema to watch it. A, a ridiculous action on the screen. Way better than sitting it. at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't want to sound negative. My audience know I'm not negative. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm being critical in, in film first week. I got my critic hat on. Back, back to Jake, say something more positive. Okay, I, I, I'll go with Nige. It was enjoyable, if a little forgettable. Um, but I like in the midst of it, when when he was in the midst of his um, revenge hunt down rampage, you know, I thought I thought he, they kept up the pace quite well. I thought um, there were a few good good sequences in the midst of a whole bunch of crappy ones. Even when he was just like following the kids and stuff like that, that were doing the drug drops and what have you. Uh, and trying to track down the little girl, and then when he went, when he went to town on on the, the slightly uh, camp brother, yeah, with nail gun and what have you, that that was pretty up there. And so I think there was a section of the film that kind of kept the momentum going. I thought that was quite good, but it was just key elements. It was bookended in such a cheesy way, and then other bits like like he stays with his friend in the junkyard. Yeah, that's that's with the track. That's paint by numbers. Though. Yeah, who said whatever is he going to do, don't do it, and then. But I'll give you whatever you need to. But just to add to that, he, he doesn't just go and stay with his friend in the trunk. It's like it's like okay, man. So the the writer sitting there, he's like, cool, he gets shot. So he has to go to his buddy who was in the army as well, who's no longer is, because he needs surgery. So this guy will give him surgery in his junkyard, and then he'll hang around for a couple oh, of yeah. days, contemplating shit. Flame. Yeah, while his mate gets him, um, while his mate goes and gets him a piece, and then it'll be the third act hunt down. It's just like oh, I've seen this done a thousand times. There's nothing special about it. Well, um, I'm not going to say it's the best film in the world, or that I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was pretty cheesy but I but enjoyable yeah enjoyable but a bit forgettable it's okay not out yeah I second and third that wouldn't add it to a film festival list probably if you had 10 films to get to this festival wouldn't put it on it yeah everyone's opinions are out there yep okay man we'll see you in um, in microsecond due to the power of editing to talk about Edinburgh Doctor 2 Jake's gonna stick around with us that's okay with you cool yeah sounds good nice Shoot. So that was Attenberg. Now, this is one I didn't have on my list, and I was forced by my, my two friends here, Corey, and once again, Jake's back in uh, the saddle. Best film you'll see in the festival, right? <laughs> is that, that's what we believe, isn't it? We're going to find out <laughs> right now. I Sleeping Beauty, I think, Corey's. Corey's, Corey's <laughs> Don't fucking mock Sleeping Beauty. Don't mock Sleeping Beauty. 
Sex Punch 2, is that what we're thinking of? <laughs> you hacks. <laughs> you highbrow stick hacks. <laughs> but no, all three of us were, I think, were hoping for some kind of dog tooth again, which we all loved. Uh, thoughts, gentlemen? Who wants to start off? Okay, yeah, I'll admit, it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be more down the lines of dog tooth, some a bit of sick twisted, what have you, but maybe toned back a little bit. And uh, how spoiler shall we be with this? We yeah, can be pretty spoilery. Okay. There's a warning at the start. Okay, so it turns out to pretty much be a sad story of her um, slowly waiting out death of her dad. She obviously lives with her dad, and yeah. It did turn into that. I totally wasn't expecting well, that. It at didn't all. even turn into it. That was did what you it say was. A sad that, story. Yeah, that was the overall kind of thing. It wasn't like. Let's wring your eyes out. Mm. Um, let's all cry down. If you, yeah, if you, had to, if, there. if you had to cut away everything, it was that's, that's the that, story. That, that was the narrative. Um, and the the weird world. Like one thing I found really interesting was the stuff from the trailer that they teased you with, with the kissing and all that kind of credits. All happened pre credits, pre um, <laughs> pre the opening credits. I didn't see a trailer. No, I didn't see the trailer. Either. Oh right. But anyway, all the stuff that teased the movie that I saw anyway was. You know, that shit was out of the way in, in the first two minutes. <laughs> look, I thought, uh, look we first, promised you this stuff, so no, here it is. Yeah, but, but now we'll get on with the truth. Which I, th- yeah. which I thought was quite cool, actually, at the time. <laughs> and, and No, well, I say at the time, but I, I, I really enjoyed the film, still, actually. I don't, I don't know how other people found it. Yeah. Aside from the, the interval. Well, we'll get to the interview, and then we'll get to the audience a little later, because yeah. that's, that's two whole separate issues. I was going for Dogtooth 2, because Dogtooth, it's just freakishly original. Dog nostril, maybe? The, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't. It wasn't that original at all. There was a little. I mean, it was. It was interesting and, and quirky in its parts. But as you said, it was. It was a story of a chick whose dad was dying. And if you took away all the parts of the of the friend and what was going on there, there wasn't much to it. I didn't get that much out of it. I wasn't um, overly impressed. I enjoyed the screening, but I'm not going to recommend it to anybody. You didn't enjoy the movie. You enjoyed enjoyed the screening because <laughs> I, was... I, I like films with intervals. <laughs> Is that what you're I enjoyed. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. To, as opposed I think to I know sitting mean, yeah. at home. It was worth going. But uh, there's much better. I didn't get what I wanted out of it. There you it. go. Strong endorsement. Better than sitting at home. <laughs> just. So if, if you're sitting at home right now, you could be watching this film. <laughs> just. If you want to watch this film, just go watch Dogtooth. You can you can get it out on DVD now, so there's no excuses. <laughs> Don't take your kids. Thoughts, yeah. Nige? Thoughts? Uh, I didn't like it at all. I really enjoyed the frankness, and I was digging the relationship between the daughter and the father to begin with, but that quickly turned terrible as well. well Everything when, was pretty When bad. they did the animal impersonations... Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the start, I really loved the way they were playing with words and whatnot. But um, as that went on and they got into animal impersonation. That, there was a really good frank conversation she has with, like, why don't you imagine me naked? And he's like, this just doesn't happen. Yeah, that was great. That was good. Wow. Yeah. There was flashes of brilliance in there. It kept up. There were flashes of brilliance throughout. Yeah. But I felt it was really contrived. Oh, yeah, I hear that, actually. The parts with their friends and stuff. But I almost felt there was all like a bit of a ritual going with that. To me, it felt like it was uh, maybe a Sunday kind of get together for them they, mm. I think they talked about being atheists obviously in, in quite a maybe orthodox background like the way, the way they talked about the funeral and organising something different that wouldn't have been acceptable on whatever island they were on mm. um, because her friend and her always seemed to be together at kind of regular intervals throughout the film doing their weird little dance steps together and they what would equate to their Sunday best like matching like almost matching outfits in the same place I've, I found that kind of an interesting kind of ritualistic chaptering of the film right so, I didn't take it as that <clears throat> I felt it, it, it was lazy and they filmed all that weirdness in one one day of they, shooting yeah they probably did and I don't I didn't pick up that it was meant to but be but in terms of constructing the film I didn't I didn't take it as chronological even mm. and rather than calling them dancers Corey called them <laughs> 
Ministry of Silly Walks. It was it oh, was yeah. it was a, it was an exact copy of uh, John Cleese's Ministry of Silly Walks walk because I had the uh, Monty Python's like read along dance step guide, <laughs> like the overlay on um, on that film with the time warp. There was some cool visual stuff in it, although the the quality of the well the print was bad, but the quality of the filming was a bit average. Mm. But the, the some of the framing and shot setups were really nice. And, yeah. and things like whatever that mine factory thing there, was. There was a couple of shots of mines and industrial yeah, areas that were kind of cool. That were pretty cool. And and like the moving pan following the bike as she was riding the bike past one of those through one of those red earth factory areas and the camera was moving with her was pretty cool. No, I didn't notice. Unfortunately, um there was a fair a bit of pan a couple that. of seats down was texting at the time. And, Oh no! I was struggling to keep my attention. Rough. Oh no! You'd think Film Fest fans would have more respect. There was a bit of laughing at this in awkward places. Now I I don't know about you. Not a bit. Okay, there was a a fair. I'm trying to be polite here. What is it with scenes that are awkward on screen? The only way to handle it is to laugh at them. But they don't know how to respond. Yeah, exactly. But don't fucking laugh and tell me how I'm meant to be. I'm watching this gun. Is this deep? Is this moving? Is this emotional? Am I feeling sorry for these women? Are they? No, it's a laugh. It's a joke because everybody around me is laughing. It, it's a joke. I'm not allowed my own opinions anymore because he fucking hacks. Are you, you're not being polite anymore. No, you're right. I'm giving up. <laughs> no, it's um, it was it was the same sort of thing from Cold Fish. Yeah, I've said it, it was. I, I hate to crowd. say the two in a row, but you don't need to laugh, people. You don't need to laugh if it's a bit awkward. You can actually sit and just ingest it. And um, I had a really um bad experience of that uh, in Marwan last year, oh. where people were laughing at all these parts. Uh, well, kind of at him and at some of the stuff because it was quirky and, and I guess they didn't know how to deal with it. And I was like, this isn't funny. This is sad. But not not only is it not funny, but it it helps build the atmosphere. It's like yeah, having yeah. a laugh track on the film. Imagine if that film had come yeah. out with a laugh track on it. It would. Oh, that's something noticeable about the film as well is, is that the sound design, aside from some of the cool music they slotted in there, like the songs, the French songs and things like that, there was no background music. It was pretty much all ambient sounds and various other things. Yeah. Even that, like that scene where she was taking the initial drive with the car down to pick up that guy. And it had this weird squeaking. Like, it's like they cut out the road noise, but they left the squeak of the car. And I know that sound from, my car's got a squeak like that. And it annoys the crap out of me all the time. And I was just thinking, they left that sound in. Why did they do that? It was kind of interesting. And annoying. There were reasons I appreciated the film. Like, giving it space like that in terms of the sound. I didn't mind all the dancing around silliness. But yeah, it certainly wasn't the film I was hoping it would be. To me, it feels like they had a, someone had written a film about this woman whose father dies. And she has a weird friendship and then they rushed off into a dog tooth and thought we should fill the rest of it with fucking non-sequitur quirk but didn't pull it off <coughs> the performances in dog tooth were incredible I, I think the women did alright in this the dad did okay but I don't know it didn't have maybe it's unfair to compare what, the two three, but I did three... go in in my mind comparing the two so it, it, unfair mm. as unfair as it may be so the woman did alright the dad did, did alright that's it. Who else was he? Nah. There was the there was the dude sleeping with the, the engineer. <laughs> the engineer. His Every... testicles acted well. I don't like the other friend. No, you know what I mean. Like oh, yeah, fell yeah. a bit flat. Poor film. I couldn't tell for a long time. That's what it was about, and uh, and there was nothing pulling me along. I zoned out quite a bit. There seemed to be nothing. It was just like let's have a, a funny dance scene. Then we'll have some tits. Then then something else. They can spit. And, and, then... and then repeat like yeah. that. And I was just like, okay. The end will be soon. It'll be fine. I really disliked it, actually. <laughs> yeah, like, was the director just going for shock? Like, it, Dogtooth had a whole fucking thing to it. Dogtooth well, do, do you think we're judging it more harshly? No, I understand that objectively you didn't really like the film. Mm. Um, I, I'm not saying I, I hated it. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
it, it suffered from the comparison to Dogtooth and the expectation that it was going to be like that. Ah, uh, it's easy to say, but I'm, I'm going to say no, not at all. I didn't have any of that. Tell you what, it didn't suffer from Dogtooth. Imagine if the audience was reversed and we went and saw this last year yep. and then saw Dogtooth. Our opinions wouldn't be like, oh, Dogtooth is way better because it, it would be a shit film on its own. Yeah, yeah. Just because it's got something really mm. good to compare it to and make it look even shitter doesn't mean it's not any less shit because we're bitter bastards. It's, um... If I was going to compare it to Dogtooth, I'd just say that Dogtooth had, you were constantly engaged with this thing going, what the hell is going on? I yeah, need to yeah. keep watching this and picking up those little clues. And Not that it's a mystery or anything, but it was just such a bizarre alien world. This seemed like either the director trying to be wacky or maybe the characters were written to be trying to be wacky, but yeah, I didn't. Killed it. I didn't like it at all. Wacky. Oh, you like word. <laughs> I did like the John Cleese impersonation. I did like the shots of the mine dumps, the industrial net, and um, and the dad was really good. There was a lot of good Frank talking in it. To jump back to my favourite thing about it, there was awkward conversations galore that were like, "Go down this path." And it could have been good, like that whole where she can't push the wheelchair anymore when he's talking about worms and stuff. And it's but they didn't. He was too busy to cut from that to press, as you say, or to cut to something girl spitting out the window or um, something like that. Mm. Nothing was adding to it. Everything was taken away. A lot of subtraction, not a lot of addition. <laughs> and then I'm gonna fucking not even wait for you guys to finish. And then like 20 minutes to go, a quarter of an hour to go. <laughs> now Nigel warned us about this because he's being a monitor uh, this year, so he knows that um, he knows the ins and outs of each cinema's faults. And Rialto, <laughs> no offense to Rialto, what a great little cinema in Auckland. When a film stuffs up on the projection reel somehow, their automatic systems trigger, and you get a snap. All the lights come on, the curtain drops or the screen cuts completely and they start playing elevator music. Now, in a film that has zero meaning anyway and that could have actually been written in, people naturally assumed it had finished and 70% of the audience got up and left immediately and immediately for little old Greek ladies but still immediately. I reckon 20% of those would have been, fuck, now's our opportunity, let's ditch. (laughs) To ditch and ask for a refund. The other 50% were just confused. Yeah, we're just like, wow, that was weird, let's go home. Oh, it's more than 70% of the total. I was going to say, after after the initial hit, another 10 to to 15% of the left of them left, and in the end there was 20 people, 15 people in the cinema, who were talking to each other, knowing, all, all the rest were in the know, they either had someone that knew what was going on or whatever it was. And we're all sort of sitting around waiting for them to fix it. Some dude gets up and takes your, your buddy, Jake, takes uh, action and saves the day and we got to see the last quarter of an hour. But what a fucking It was ridiculous. Part. It was ridiculous they couldn't find the projectionist. This is the second time it's happened. Not just couldn't like find the month. projectionist, but all of those people working there, all of those officials and shirts and manager could have put their head in the door and gone, sorry folks, this is a fuck up. Give us five minutes, we'll be yeah. rolling. And anybody that wants to come and talk to me about why they don't think they should sit in their seats for five minutes, I'm very sorry. Here's a Jeffers. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow, kapow! Right in the middle of the film, and it just stopped. Yeah. In the last 15 minutes, you needed to see, yeah. not yeah. to um, not to achieve anything, but it was like it at least finished a little of the yeah. story that was there. Yeah. There was Actually, a conclusion. One more pro point: I liked her playing and dancing and singing that song for her dad. Yeah, yeah. Once he'd finally died, and especially mm. considering we just had the scene <laughs> earlier, going, no, he likes bebop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she's singing it with too much emotion at the edge of her, um, at the edge of his sort of hospital bed, and, and that's when it sunk in. It's like, oh, that's that was a nice. song by a band called Suicide called Bebop Kid, I think. Suicide, her favourite band, and the Engineers. Yep. What a connection those two made. Those are our thoughts on Attenberg. I'm not recommending it to anybody. So two haters and one kind of. Oh yeah. Are you going to recommend it? Uh, I'd recommend it to a limited group of people. People who like things a little slower, a little quirkier. I was looking not. at thinking, is this a slow film? Am I not getting it? Um, it's, it's, and then not, I went, no, it's, it's not. For, it's, not. I'm, it's not for people who want to see Dogtooth too. They're not related at all. No. 
No. That's probably why a lot of people were laughing. A lot of people probably said, hey, bro, you should totally check out this. It's from the Dogtooth people, and that thing was fucked up. It was hilarious. It's wacky. If this starts with girls kissing, by the end of it, it's going to be full-fledged homicidal lesbian um, knife killing. No. So everyone seemed really ready to laugh. (laughs) Which I hate. I'm going to wait for the wacky bit. That was like that screening of Birdemic. Everyone was laughing from the first frame. Yeah, tracking down that forest road. And everyone was cracking up. (laughs) You're like... Dude, the movie hasn't started yet. There's no joke. <laughs> Alright. I probably didn't like it as much because I just came out of a separation, which was fucking fantastic, and I'll tell you about it later. Or go to my blog, nigemo.wordpress.com. Cool, and that's another episode. Good plug. Catch you later. Thanks for listening. Nice. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Thanks for coming in, Jay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thanks, Jay. Good, thanks, good James. to be here, guys. Thanks. <laughs>